Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host Lou Weiss, who's also president of All Metals and Forge Group, happens to be the sponsor for Manufacturing Talk Radio. They produce open die forgings and seamless rolled rings for the industrial world. So please contact them at steelforge.com. Lou joining us is Mr. Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Manufacturing Report on Business comes out of the ISM at 10 a.m. on the first business day of every month. And as you and I have been following this for years, you longer than me, uh, an excellent report today. We're going to learn a lot from Tim. I don't know. Was that a dig about longer than you? <laughs> I didn't take it that way. <laughs> Only if you take this one, Luke. Yeah. No dig intended. No dig intended. Okay. Good morning, Mr. Uh, Tim Fiore. And uh, we saw the report, and uh, you keep on adding, racking up those points to the yellow jacket. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I guess the market went crazy today, so we blew by expectations. The expectations were fifty-eight point nine, and we came in at sixty point eight. So it's almost two points above expectations. Market reacted like crazy. A lot of a lot of chatter out there. So you know, it was, it was a great month again. Another great month. I mean, what I, what I've been kind of reporting is that. This is the ninth month of manufacturing expansion, the seventh month of a clean expansion when everything was up and open in August. And we're absolutely clearing, we're actually leading the US economy out of the post-pandemic doldrums. And I don't think anybody has, has reported that Q1, Q2 of last year was a recession. I don't think anybody wants to really use that term. And, you know, and I think that they're probably correct because it wasn't really there that long. Q3, Q4 has been an expanding cycle. We're definitely leading the U.S. economy out of what was the doldrums, and we continue to do that with a 60.8 number. It's just you know really super strong. And what I've what I've been reporting is that five of our big six industry sectors that make up about 62% of manufacturing all expanded at a 60 level on their own. Wow! And that was really the big contributor here. Is that with all those I mean chemicals, computers, transportation equipment, fabricated metal products and food and beverage with all you know those uh, five of the six expanding that's where you got the 60.8 and i think petroleum and coal products which is the sixth of the big six uh it was a, a relatively soft month but i think march is going to be much stronger because we saw signs there at the tail end of february that indicate that the petroleum coal products area is coming back and with a oil price over 60 bucks is coming back so if the others stay strong, I mean, we're this thing could go well beyond the 60.8. We uh, at All Metals and Forge Group, uh, we've seen a significant uh, uptick. Uh, and what we're seeing now from uh, our clients, uh, they're, they're actually talking, as you pointed out, that March is uh, even going to be uh, bigger and better. So we're, we're really excited about it. So I did a little bit of research, though. I knew you'd like this because one of the things that's kind of holding us back from expanding is primary metals, which is your area, but it also includes steel, aluminum, manufacturing. And uh, on, on its own, that would have been a 70 primary metals. Yeah. And you know, we had uh, new order levels in the 80 level, which is a real strong indicator for the future. And we had backlogs in the 60 level. So and, you know, when that starts to ease, and I noticed that the spot price of steel finally broke over the $1,200 a ton level the last couple of days. So that's a good indication of things. Demand is continuing to be strong because sure. we're entering that period where it normally starts to weaken a little bit. And, you know, March, 
April, if you see it start to soften, then you kind of know that you're going to have a, an okay year, but not a great year. But uh, with those kind of numbers, I mean, this is a good indication that 2021 is going to stay strong throughout the whole year. I take a look also at the uh, uh, tooling, machine tool numbers, and uh, which are always two months behind. Uh, but uh, all indications are that things are going to be uh, going in the same direction. Uh, and that's a real good indicator for six months down the road. So a combination with your numbers and the machine tool numbers, you get a real good feeling about what's, uh, what's coming. Yeah, it's feeling pretty good. I mean, if you look in the report there, we're reporting that this is the highest PMI number since February of 18, which, the, which was the beginning of the peak. August of 18 was the end of the peak. So we're kind of, it's kind of similar to the beginning of the peak. And without that one single number, uh, the, the best number before that was May of 04. Yeah. So, so, so really good performance, really good. Absolutely. You want to talk about a little bit? Sure, let's go. All right. So, you know, I like to look at this thing from a standpoint of demand, consumption, and inputs. So, I mean, the demand side was so, so pure at a 64.8 new order level. Supported, that was up 3.7 points from the prior month. Uh, new export orders at 57.2. So, obviously, a new export order goes into new order levels. And that number was up 2.3 points from the prior month. And then the customer inventory number 32.5, super too low for about the fifth or sixth straight month below 40, which means that our panelist companies are not able to fill the shelves of their customers. And this has been going on for a long time, which also indicates that there's opportunity for future shipments. And then, you know, uh, summed up by a beautiful backlog number at 64, uh, which is the highest backlog number that we've had, I think, since 48 or something really uh, you know, maybe I'm off on that, but it's a it's a really strong number. So the yeah. demand was was super good, which kind of makes you feel good about the future, right? Absolutely. And uh, uh, our metal company, All Metals and Forge Group, also our backlog numbers uh, is the highest it's been in a year uh, as of uh, Friday. Uh, so you know, we're we're really excited uh, about uh, what's coming down the pike. Yeah, so that number is the second highest number since January of 1993, when I was still a baby. And it's going to get late. And you were a teenager. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was a teenager once. <laughs> so, it was more so, around mid-century. Mid-century. <laughs> so, you know, then you go to the production side, the consumption, consumption yep. output side. And production numbers were excellent, too. Uh, and that, but I think the big story, and I, I kind of look at consumption slash output as a result of demand and, and inputs. But I mean, the production number 63.2, up two and a half points. Uh, and probably more importantly, we made gains on the employment side. Uh, we, we got up to 54.4. Employment, as you know, we've had a lot of trouble. Sure. Uh, the, 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 the key number out of my, uh, serve, my uh, comment survey is that we had a 31 to 1 higher to fire ratio 31 to one wow. so we had 31 companies looking to hire having difficulty hiring to one company firing which is just it's up from i think seven to one the prior month so that's just a super super number i mean it, it was tough to tough to argue that i mean everybody's trying to hire which means that they have a need to hire because you know 
manufacturing guys just don't hire because they feel like it. They only do it when well, we, you know, we still, still, unfortunately, still have a, a skills gap issue, and uh, uh, you know, bringing jobs back to America is a great, great theme and great uh, uh, subtitle, but uh, we don't have people to fill those jobs. Yeah. In, uh, in January, we had a 4.5 to one hire to fire. In February, 31 to one. Wow. Then the other one I look at is the hire to force manage. So what I do is in the, uh, in the force manage, it's not only firing, it's also attrition and hiring freezes. Right. So we had a four to one hire to force manage uh, versus a two to one in, uh, in January. So doubling. So no, yeah. you know, no doubt people are trying to hire and it's not only at their companies, it's also on the supplier side. You just can't, we're still struggling. And as the interviews have gone on through the day here, you know, people have been asking me, what, okay, what does all that mean? Well, I think what it means is we're going to continue to have this trouble until the vaccine kind of crosses that magical axis. And we've been talking about that now for months. And there's uh, more indications this month than it was last month that it's going to be here upon us sooner than we originally had thought, which is really good. I mean, that's really good. I'm still thinking we're probably going to hit that number late summer. I think my last month, I thought probably early, early fall, but late summer. So then the other issue now is the 1.9 trillion support package is going to extend unemployment benefits out through July. So that's keeping a lot of people out of the workforce too. So if you can clean the place, if, if you can make the workplace safer so people can report to work, and can re- you can remove that incentive to keep them home, which is the extended unemployment benefits, things start getting back to normal. So I, I think, think we're going to fight through this through the rest of the summer, Lou. I think that the, uh, the numbers that uh, they're coming out with with regards to COVID, uh, the number of cases, the number of hospitalizations, the number of deaths, uh, the most recent chart I saw, it looked like a ski lodge. I mean, it was just heading straight down. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really great news. Uh, and if they get the logistics down, maybe they got to contact rider services uh, to get the uh, logistics of the shots out and about the countryside. So more people are uh, going to be uh, cured, safe, and so on. Well, I think they need these large-scale vaccination sites, the large-scale, the big stadiums, you know, the big college right. football stadiums where people can go and they can do 5,000 a day kind of thing. I don't think we're, they're quite there yet, but there's definitely indications that we'll be there soon. So I think that's all. Probably in the meantime, manufacturing guys know how to fight through the mess. That's what they're good at. And sure. uh, we're making progress. We're, you know, the numbers are still up and we're, I think we're kind of leading the economy out, as I said, uh, so, so one of the questions that comes up is, all right, what happens when the uh, recreational and, and leisure side opens up? Does the money drain from manufacturing and go there? You know, I don't think so. I think there's going to be an overlap because we've been saving a lot of money and we're not spending it all. I mean, the U.S. savings rate is the highest it has probably been since I was born. And uh, people will start to go out again, but they'll go out slowly. They're not going to just run out, at least, at least the people 40 and over. And they'll continue to buy things that they wanted to buy. I don't think we're going we're gonna to hit that softening piece now until q q and the q1 q2 of 2022 mm-hmm. so you know i think the the forecast we did several months ago showing a q half one of this year would be weaker than half two of, of this year is still on i think half two of this year will be better because you're going to open up all the, the you know the dining and the recreational facilities unemployment numbers will come down 
I mean, manufacturing is not a big employer in, in the big scheme of things. Right. So, uh, and we're hiring and everybody, you know, the, the initial jobless claims numbers are still, you know, really weak, but that's not really in our space. That's in the, the, the service space, Tony space. Right. Well, whatever it is, it's all good. And uh, looks like it's going to get better. Uh, it's going to mainstream media will be hard pressed to say that things are not looking good, um, which the politicians are the only ones who say that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I'm in the business because I can get I, I can really deduce fact from fiction. Right. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. I, I talk to a lot of people. So so the sentiment sentiment was really good, too. We had five to one positive comments to one not right. so positive. That was up from three to one in January. So again, moving in the right direction. Uh, uh, 46% of the general comments were focused on supplier delivery and price, 46%. Now back in November, I think it was November, there was some concern about demand versus supply inputs. What was gonna be the problem? Was it gonna be demand or was it gonna be supply inputs? And by the time we hit December, it was clearly supply inputs. By the time we hit January, it was super supply inputs. And now it's almost 50% of our general comments are supplier related. Now, you kind of would expect that from a bunch of supply people reporting to the panel, mm -hmm. but that's a high number and, right. uh, and a number we've never really seen before. And then of the comments too, 21% of the comments are transportation related. And, uh, and I subscribe to the belief that transportation is an early indicator of manufacturing because it first shows up in transportation, all the, dislocations and inefficiencies around manufacturing show up in the transportation sector first. Absolutely. And, and that's what's happening. Not only do we still have port problems that are going to continue probably into June, but we have road freight problems because people are expediting deliveries and shipping one third full truckloads instead of full truckloads and driving demand on drivers and equipment. Uh, and that, now the problem we're entering is a lot of the drivers are going to return to the construction sites and that'll, that'll cause another problem on the driver you know, driver's side. So, but this, this is normal stuff in manufacturing, right? In the import side, uh, things have gotten pretty expensive uh, in that uh, the shipping lines have been raising prices. They've cut back on the number of ships. Um, and that's uh, presented a problem on certain products that we uh, don't have here and that we need to have from uh, overseas uh, uh, vendors. Uh, and that's gotten pretty expensive. In some cases, uh, double and triple the cost. Yeah, I saw something several weeks ago, $7,000 for an FEU coming out of Asia. That's a, that's a huge amount of money. I mean, that's a, normal is like 3,800, $7,000. I've, I've seen it down at 32, 33, and it's, it's more than double now. Yeah. So, hey, people are going to pay it because you got to keep the factory running. Sure. So, uh, and, and I was asked earlier on a, on a call about, well, you know, price growth, what does that really mean? Well, as a supply person, I kind of hate it. But as a business person, I love it because I know it means more profitability for my company. When everybody's prices are going up, eventually every company will push their prices up who's paying those prices. Sure. And when you have a hot economy, people are going to pay it. And you know when people stop paying is when things start to slow down. And I, I think we're in a 2021, like we said in the forecast, it's going to be an improved, profitable mar profit margin year compared to 2020 for sure. That's probably not that hard to do. 
but uh, you know, there's more and more confidence behind 2021 because prices are going up, you know, and sales guys are going to their customers saying, Hey, look, my prices are going up. I need to increase your prices 2%. And you and I both know that their prices are only going up 1.5. So they're putting that half a percent in their pocket. So uh, we're probably in that mode here and that, that, that bodes well, you know, the big companies and small companies alike will all, uh, once they get through this initial pain of having to agree to expedite charges and, and high prices on the steel mills, they'll catch up and uh, they'll make more money, probably half two here than they made in half one. What, what we're seeing at uh, All Metals uh, over the last uh, month or more, and particularly over the last 10 days, is a lot of our uh, regular customers coming back to us and uh, requesting up updated pricing on goods that we sold them a year, two, and three years ago. So uh, the, either they're planning or they got their customers that are saying, okay, let's, uh, let's get back into the swing of things. Uh, I think some of them are going to be shocked, though, when they start seeing these prices because they will have gone up uh, fairly significantly in some areas. Uh, yes, when, when ISM and, and uh, when we put together the prices up, prices down, prices short, yeah. uh, forget the prices down, wasn't any. Actually, there was one <laughs> called dairy. That's it. <laughs> Everything else was up and short, and we almost had to add an extra page to the report. Now, it wasn't yeah. quite that bad, but it, it took us hours to crawl yeah. through all the input we had. Pretty much everything is up. I mean, that's, I think we had only 1% of our respondents reporting things down in prices. Well, then they're doing something wrong. Well, it's probably the printing area, but even then paper products are, are up. I mean, printing has been struggling a bit, you know, because of the uh, offices shut down and advertising uh, cruise lines and all that kind of sure. drying up. Let's see, what what do we have for prices? We had 1.2% lower, 73% higher month to month. That's a wow. huge number. Huge, yeah. huge. I don't know. Can you duplicate this next month? Or no, I thought it would be 58. I was like the economist here. I mean, they thought it was going to be 58.9. I thought it would be like closer to 58, but I think it's going to be at least as strong because there's no indications in the big six that they're going to soften. I mean, all their backlog numbers are up too. New order levels are pretty strong. Customer inventory numbers were low. And I think petroleum and coal products is going to come back in March and that will add, that's our number five industry sector, that will add to the PMI. So, I mean, the only one I can, I can see kind of relaxing, and I think that, you know, I, I think the suppliers, uh, I think the supplier situation is going to slowly get better uh, as time goes on. I think we're, March might be the worst of it. April and May, you might start seeing it get cleared up. That, so that number will ease, but I think the inventory number then will grow. So there's probably an offset there. Uh, employment levels, you know, we're, we're starting to enter into the summer period, people graduating uh, college. We might see some growth there. Uh, production should should remain at high levels. New orders should remain at high levels because the lead times are pushed out. You know, there's no indication lead times are shrinking. So the new right. order levels are still going to continue to be at high rates, but they're for deliveries probably further out, which is always a risk because when things get softer, those orders get weaker. One of the things that I've noticed over the years is that things move in trends. And you don't necessarily have an up-down, up-down, up-down uh, environment. Uh, it goes in cycles of so, uh, two, three, four months, and then you may see a swing. So being that this is uh, 
uh, at least for our company, I'm seeing that uh, we've got uh, three uh, growing months. And uh, from what I'm getting reports from the uh, sales department and VP of sales is that we've got a lot of things in the hopper that are going to break in the month of March. Uh, and I got that report only this morning. So uh, that's, uh, that's all, all good news. All good news. Am I able to share a screen? Uh, sure. Now, I'd love to put up my PMI chart. I mean, it's a great chart. Let's see if I can get Absolutely. it up there. Let's see. Okay. All right, you seeing that? All right, hold on. Let me project it. I can get this thing to go away. Go away. All right, there we go. There we go. All right, folks. Uh, that's. There we go. All right. I love there. this chart because it shows everything. So we, this is our sixth manufacturing expansion cycle since 2000. You know, this is the China super cycle, commodity driven super cycle when China joined the WTO. This is a subprime mortgage cycle right here. This is the recovery from the financial crisis. This is the Obama expansion that people really didn't feel expanded much because wages didn't grow. Right. This is the post Obama Trump growth, uh, you know, with the jo uh, tax cut jobs act and the, the fact that we were growing already before the election. But this was, this is the, probably the highest quality expansion that we've had in 20 years. And this is our current cycle. So, I mean, look at that deep V. I love that deep V yeah. definitely a deep V. So we, you know, we collapse and then we jump right back out and look at, I mean, this is almost straight up. But just about. <laughs> and look back at the others. I mean, you don't really have anything that kind of approaches that. You don't and, see, you know, that's correct. I know. And what was really nice about this last expansion was that we bounced across the top here for about 18 months. And I'm right. hoping that's kind of what we started here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned uh, second half of 2022 because there's so many artificial things happening in 2021 that what is it going to, is that pulling forward future demands? I mean, it's going to be, it remains to be seen. We're in uncharted territory here, no doubt about it. Uh, I think nobody's that, ever kind of met, migrated their way through this stuff before. I think uh, one of the things that manufacturing uh, needs to do and is actually beginning to do, and that is that they've got to start looking at their um, marketing uh, and branding uh, from a marketing standpoint, because uh, things uh, aren't really going to go back to the way they were. And even though we have this uh, jump in, in manufacturing cycle, uh, you need to secure that so that you stay strong and uh, uh, you need to uh, be out in the market the marketplace with your face and your brand. So there is a lot, uh, and I do a lot of uh, research on marketing and uh, the trends are changing. Uh, the digital world, the internet, uh, podcasting. Um, here we've been doing uh, manufacturing talk radio. This is our eighth year. Uh, and this is now the first year that we're now doing the interviews uh, such as the one we're having right now. We're doing it as a video. Uh, so we are changing the way we're doing things and we have to be prepared to continue to do that. If you think you're going to run your business the way you did uh, in the horseshoe days, you're crazy. 
Well, there's a lot of fundamental things happening that we haven't really been talking about uh, for the last year. I mean, the right. whole tariff issue and the fact that the Biden administration really is not moving quickly to remove any tariffs. So what does all that really mean longer term, even with on the Europeans? Although the European tariff issue has its basis back in the dispute with uh, Airbus and Boeing. Right. That's a 20 some odd year argument. So I guess that's going to take some time to unwind. You know, we had the tariff issue and then we had the pandemic, which put into question the whole su global supply chain strategy that we've had in place for 25 years. And how much of that is being reshored or nearshored? And there's indications that a significant amount of it is. And, and I would think that as, uh, as a responsible supply person, manufacturing person, you better have a capability that's a lot closer to your factories than you used to because of what happened. Nobody's going to forgive you the second time. Right. And if everybody had the same problem, it's okay. But if, uh, if it happens again, and you're the only one standing out there that didn't do anything to mitigate the issue, then you're probably not gonna be long in your job. So all of that kind of is underway that we're really not talking much about. And then I think I mentioned in January, maybe even in December, that my biggest concern about uh, long, longer term manufacturing expansion in the US is the global supply chain and the pandemic and the lack of vaccines mm -hmm. worldwide. And, and my first concern was really Mexico I think they've made some strides in striking some deals with some of the vaccine makers so that they have at least line of sight of when they're going to get it. But, you know, Mexico is so ingrained in our manufacturing economy that I mean, if we come out of this thing, Mexico needs to come out. And my, my last prediction was that it would be six months after we came out that they would come out. I'm not sure that's still accurate or not, but I mean, that could be a real drag. And then you get, you know, you get the India situation too, which is a, a, a more significant part of, of our input costs. Now a lot of forgings come as you know, big forging base to some extent castings right. and, uh, and some semi-finished product. So I, I was concerned about that. Maybe not as concerned this month, but uh, we, you know, we gotta be paying attention to that because the global supply chain is not what it used to be. How's uh, Canada doing? I, I haven't been following it the last couple of weeks. Well, I mean, they're, they're claiming to have a slow startup on vaccines, but I have I don't get any comments about Canadian sources of supply being a limiter to U.S. output. So, you know, either in my regular job or in, in this this volunteer job, it doesn't appear to be an issue. So, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I I think I, I think they're you know they're just fighting through it like we were fighting through it six weeks ago, and right. they probably won't be that far behind us. Well, they're usually a little bit behind us. Uh, and uh, uh, the oil issue that you brought up a few moments ago, uh, you know, with oil at 60 plus a barrel, that's really the start of the sweet spot of replacement parts to the rigs and manufacturing. And that's where we do uh, well. Uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't object to $70 either, but uh, <laughs> we'll take 60. Yeah, there should be a bit of reinvestment now on the, on the oil and gas side. Uh, the rig count is climbing slowly, but it's climbing. I watch it every week. It's climbing. It's not, it's way below where it was uh, in February of 2020, but it's climbing. So, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before uh, that's going to come up. I think you're going to see a pretty significant amount of people traveling this summer. I think so. so. Yeah, I don't, I in so. cars. I'm not sure about airplanes yet, but in cars you will. Well, speaking about airplanes, uh, imagine what the number would have been the ISM number had the uh, aerospace and aircraft numbers uh, improved. Well, our transportation equipment number is doing really well, surprisingly, with commercial aviation. 
not so strong. I, you know, I think, I think the Boeings and Airbuses are reluctant to really clamp down on the supply chain and watch yeah. all the workers go to some other industry because they spent five or six years trying to beef up their suppliers and right. it's a slower moving business. Um, although they're struggling here with profitability because they're not selling spare parts, they're continuing to build aircraft at, at uh, reduced rates, no doubt, but mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're, it took it, they never really got their supply base up to the level that they wanted them to, especially with the narrow bodies. Right. So, you know, I, I don't, I think they, I think Boeing shut production for maybe three months and restarted it. So it doesn't seem to be playing a big part. I mean, we're, I'm watching some of the numbers here. Uh, it's less than 2% of our comments around commercial aviation. Okay. And I would have thought it would have been not, a lot more. Not so terrible. So, not so, uh, so Tim, what's your uh, wrap up final words? Fantastic month of February. Uh, March should be better. March is a really strong manufacturing month. Uh, if you took the seasonal adjustment factors out of February, it wouldn't have changed the number all that much. So there is some adjustments on, on some of the numbers there. Uh, all indications on the demand side is that uh, with a demand like we had in February, we could probably not get much coming into March and still have a really good production month. Um, I think the input costs, we can kind of see where they're going to in, input restrictions are going to start to intersect. And that's probably going to be late summer. In the meantime, the, the factories will continue to fight through this. There will continue to be transportation problems with the extra expense. Right. I think that extra expense is going to be passed on and some of it will be consumed and improved productivity with the panelist plants. And I, I think we're leading the country out of a, out of a pretty bad period. And I'm, I'm concerned about pull forward but I don't think we're going to see that pull forward uh, have an impact on manufacturing until 2022. So, well, I think that's uh, you did a good job this month. Uh, in another two three days, we're going to have Anthony Bayevis on, who's going to be talking about uh, uh, the uh, non the non -ser uh, the services sector, and uh, you know he's he's uh, also looking for that yellow jacket. So I'm sure his numbers are going to be pretty good also. Uh, uh, Tim Fiore, thank you very much for your input today. Uh, keep doing a good job. I like your background. It fits our, our, our new methodology. It fits, huh? It was a good interview. Uh, glad to be here, guys. Look forward to next month. Okay. Thank you much. Thanks. So, folks, uh, you heard it here first. It's, uh, uh, it's a super month. We had a good month in uh, January. We have a a terrific month in uh, February. I don't know what we could even call March because typically March is the best manufacturing month of the year. So get out your checkbooks and understand that you got to start buying supplies. You got to start buying equipment. You got to start bringing uh, folks back to work if you can find them. And uh, we wish everybody well and stay healthy. Uh, and to for our other uh, podcasts, go to jacketmediacode.com and you can see all our shows there. Uh, and uh, stay safe, go get your vaccinations, wash your hands and uh, do all the CDC protocols, stay healthy and we'll be out of, uh, we'll be out of this mess that we're in. So thanks for being here and uh, we look forward to being here next time with you listening to us. Thank you very much.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.